You are listening to the Salty Witches Podcast. I am your host tonight, Michael, and I am joined by the ever-fabulous Austin. I love that you're a host and I'm not, but I'm always here. Well, you are... Uh, co-host? Co-host? Co-host. Well, I just said I was being joined chost. by I'm you. A you're a chost. Okay. Chost. Hmm. Tonight, we are going to be discussing psychic development this is something that was suggested by one of our listeners they wanted to kind of hear us talk about this a little bit and do what we usually do with these subjects on our podcast and um and I, i think it's actually a really important topic you know a lot of people are really interested in this a lot of people i think now as they are turning away from uh the very limiting beliefs of religion um, you know, and they're embracing their own spirituality a bit more, you know, they're wanting to connect to this part of who they are. Um, so along those lines, I, I want to start like, Austin, do you, <clears throat> do you believe, do you, do you feel or agree that everybody really has some degree of psychic ability? What's your thought on that? <coughs> Excuse me. I believe that if you are not a sociopath or a psychopath, then you have some degree of psychic ability. You don't think that people with, with like, serious psychological well, or psychotic re- abilities? I, I would disagree let, let me rephrase I, that. Let me rephrase that. The capability to control your psychic abilities. Even then, I would have to disagree. I've known a number of people over the years that have been fairly narcissistic kinds of personalities. I'm not saying they were narcissists, but they had a lot of those kinds of behavior patterns um, who were also really strongly psychic. Well, no, like I'm straight up talking like Ted Bundy. Uh, Even then, like I I would think that those people would have some degree of, of intuitive skill. I mean, at the very least, that would be something they would use to be able to really to kind of victimize people in the way that they do. Yeah, I guess I could see that. I mean, I guess, I guess that's a very extreme example. Okay, let's let's rule out the seriously uh, mentally ill. I guess like, like to that level of mentally. Ill. I guess where where when we talk about psychic ability, where where <clears throat> where we're concerned with does everyone have it? My my initial instinct is yes, but then it takes it a step further because the minute someone thinks that they, you know, they hear that, that means oh, I can be a professional psychic. Well, so, okay, but, there, but there's a distinction there. Like, we're not talking about, I, I guess maybe to clarify, okay, so everyone ha- will have some degree of intuition. Yes. Okay, but that does not necessarily mean everyone has psychic ability. Correct. Because you are right. Psychic ability really does take education, discipline, structure. Like, mm-hmm. that's kind of where you take your natural intuitive ability and you then you kind of, like... Build on it. Build it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Yes. I, I should have worded that better initially. Okay. So then, so would you agree that everyone out there has some degree of intuitive skill? I, I would think so. I think people who have... are caught up on this idea that intuition means seeing the future um, are just completely and totally... Uh, they've Hollywoodized their practice because that's not all intuition is. I mean, we look at things like the Myers-Briggs test, right? You have how people and different personalities um, process things. Okay. You know? Yeah. Um, You know, the Myers-Briggs test has kind of been disproven, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. But I'm using it as an example here where normally people who would have the I, you the know, I, the intuitive, 
Okay. You know, who would be intuitive or something on that end, usually are going to be more introverted versus the people who are extroverted. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say that they don't have intuition, but people who are extroverted, I've noticed, also have a more uh, a tendency to be more psychometric. Yeah, that, that would make sense because they tend to be a bit more physically rooted. Mm-hmm. I, I could see some some validity to that if you think about just the psychology of that, you know, and I'm not talking necessarily about the whole, like, Myers-Briggs thing uh, because there's value in that. But, uh, but again, I also want to say, I think, you know, there, there's been some more modern research that has kind of disproven some of that. Um, but anyway, um, but it would seem to me that people that were kind of sitting more on the introspective kind of end of that spectrum you know, they're more inclined to be doing like self-assessment. They're mm-hmm. more inclined to be creating opportunities for uh, solitude, for more um, mindful kinds of living and practices. It would seem to me like that would be true. And so those would potentially be people that would be geared a bit more toward developing psychic ability. I agree. Yeah. So, okay, cool. All right. So so we've kind of touched upon this a little bit so far with our conversation, but how, how would you define psychic ability? As opposed to intuition, which, again, we kind of already did a little bit. I would define a psychic ability as anything that utilizes utilizes subtle or subtle energy. Subtle energies. Subtle energies instead of actual, like, momentous energies or physical energies. Though we do see physical energies coming into place into psychic abilities, um, but if we're just going to use an extreme case of psychokinesis or telekinesis, mm-hmm. um, they don't actually need to move the object. They're accessing other energies to create the desired reaction. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So I always kind of looked at these gifts, um, psychic abilities, you know, gifts. I use the term gift because I do believe these are gifts. I know a lot of people out there who have had unfortunate experiences with their their own intuition wouldn't maybe define these as gifts, but uh, but I do. Um, I always kind of thought and understood, and I've even had discussions and interactions with teachers over the years that have kind of said that, that psychic ability, uh, intuition, again, leading to psychic ability, really is kind of an extension of our other mortal senses. I'd agree with that. That we see... Um, you know, like we see, we have like for, you know, forever now we've, we've got, you know, like the phrase sixth sense, you know, it, it's kind of always been my experience and with all the study over the years and the development, um, that psychic ability really is just the way that we have honed what would be another sense that we haven't really been able to fully logically, scientifically defined. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so, um, yeah, so I, so I, yeah, I mean, I, I could, I agree with you as well. Like, I think, you know, there does seem to be kind of more of a subtle kind of an energy around or, or approach to, to, uh, to this, this, this particular type of thing. God, I don't know. I'm, I'm struggling to, to, to word this evening. Oh, anyway, what kinds of psychic abilities are you familiar with? Say like your own, because you, you work as a medium. Mm-hmm. Um, you also, you know, you do a number of other things. Um, what kind of psychic abilities are, are you most familiar with? Because there, there are many ways to kind of define these. That I practice or um, that just, I've studied most? Not just you necessarily, but I would say, you know, I mean, I think um, I don't like this term. I find that this is very much a, a, a term that's thrown around kind of willy-nilly by the light worker community. Uh, but Claire's 
clair abilities, you know, clairvoyance, clairsentience. You know, I don't like the term clairs because I just think it's just, it's, it's trite and it's, uh, um, anyway, but, but it, and nevertheless, that is what they are, you know, clairvoyance, clairsentience, these kinds of things, like how many or, or uh, of these, which are, which are the ones that you are, are maybe the most familiar with maybe in, in, not just in your own practice, but, but which have you had an opportunity to experience? In large witchcraft coven settings, I've experienced pyrokinesis. Okay, but, okay, all right. Um, but if we're talking strictly on Claire's... That's, that's, like, another really extreme kind of thing. Like, I'm talking, like, just, like, the more, like, day-to-day, -day, like, the kinds of things that everybody's going to potentially have access to. Oh, I have most experience with, um, Claire... Oh, God. The hearing. Claire audience? Claire audience. I almost said Claire aliens, but I also have that, too. Um, I'm familiar with all of them. Humble brag. Really. Um, but, um, but mostly the audience hearing. Okay. Hearing and, um, smell. Okay. So, yes. Yeah, so you mentioned Claire audience, which is basically the psychic perception of sound auditory phenomena mm -hmm. around psychic slash spiritual activity, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you mentioned Claire Alliance, which is scent, mm -hmm. right? The ability to smell, um, those kinds of things. Um, we also have Claire, I think more commonly you would see like clairvoyance, right? Which is like people who see, um, clairsentience, which is, you know, people who, you know, they get a sense or a feeling. They just know. Like, like they, they, they know or they, they have perceptions. I think that, um, things like psychometry actually also kind of fall into the realm of clairsentience. Mm -hmm. Um, you've got um clairgustance which is where you like get like like a taste like people mm -hmm. actually can taste things um and these are i think the the common mm -hmm. ones anyway but again i think that there would be a number of other ways where you could potentially see these abilities manifest mm -hmm. well um, i mean if we just think about it in in terms of psychic abilities um feeling any form of psycho psychic energy you know just being sensitive to energies in general mm-hmm yeah, well, and again, well, and that takes us back to, I think, intuition, mm -hmm. right? Because I think, as we were talking about at the beginning of the episode, everybody has some degree of intuition. I think that it is in the way that you see that focused or developed. I think that's where you would see yourself kind of stepping more into the realm of, like, you know, like, clairsentience, clairvoyance, mm -hmm. clair, you know, whatever. So mm -hmm. it's interesting that you mentioned clairaudience because that is one of the clairs I find that is, I think, the most confusing for people. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's the one that I think so many people are reaching for that one, you know, because there's this perception or this idea, thank you, Hollywood, that the spirits that we would potentially communicate with, the other kinds of beings, whatever you want to call them, that we'd communicate with, that they would be actually like, like verbally communicating. You know, most people have this idea that communication happens primarily, you know, verbally, auditorially, mm -hmm. you know, like, like mouth, ear, you know, kind of communication. Um, when we, of course, we realize there are many other types of communication, right? Mm -hmm. um, you ask anyone who is is in the, the deaf or the, the hearing impaired community, right? There are many other types of communication, right? Um, anyway, um, so, but I think that's one that a lot of people reach for. And I think that's one of the reasons why we see such an issue around that one, particularly when it comes to people who also have, I would again say, like fairly serious issues around mental health. Mm -hmm. You know, we have... Um, some people over the years, you and I both, that we become familiar with who um, have presented themselves as 
you know, mediums, channelers, these kinds of people, you know, spirit communicators of some kind, you know, and we've unfortunately found out later on that these were people that actually just had some fairly serious mental health issues and they yeah. were actually just experiencing auditory hallucinations. hallucinations. Yeah. Um, you know, and so I, I think that that's something that we also need to kind of be a little aware of when we're looking at these kinds of abilities, you know, we do need to make sure that we're, that there isn't potentially something else at play, mm -hmm. you know, that could be, um, you know, perhaps maybe a bit harmful. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I, I very much agree. I mean, there's something that you and I always tell people when they come in, like anxiety and intuition are not the same thing, mm -hmm. you know, and you have, you have a lot of people out there in the community who have pretty serious anxiety disorders and their response is i'm just so sensitive to energy mm -hmm. i can't possibly do this i can't no i can't and my response to anyone out there who's experiencing high 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 levels of sensitivity um wearing your psychic burnout like a badge of freaking honor isn't cool that means you're untrained and you need to figure it out. It's very, very much kind of like a wounded healer kind of yeah. type. It's right? like, yeah. oh, I can heal other people, but I can't <laughs> heal myself. Yeah. And I, yes, there are certain times where it can be overwhelming for me and even you. I mean, you're a physical medium. Yeah. When you open up and you do it, you know, it could be really overwhelming. I'm, I, I get, it, it, it gets so loud when I work as a medium sometimes that I, it, it's deafening. And I get it, but walking out into the world and then just freaking out because there's energy, that's, that's you being an untrained, boo. Mm -hmm. That's not cool. Yeah. You need to, you need to learn some shit. Yeah, yeah true. That's, that's where we You're see. You're not live wires. That's where we see being able to develop those gifts mm -hmm. instead of just kind of like, just, you know, being... You know, yeah, under, under the burden of them, just because right? you're sensitive doesn't mean you should go into psychic readings. Yeah, that's that's another big distinction. Yes, and it is good to state that just because you have these gifts and abilities does not automatically mean that you are in the position to use them for others, yeah. or that you should automatically decide to go into business and become a professional psychic. There is a hell of a lot more work that has to be done before you are in a position to use your gifts for others. Um, so. Let's let's get into what people really probably want to know. Okay, what what do we both or what would we both maybe recommend for the development of these gifts? Well, the first thing that most people are going to say is meditation. Yeah, and I'm going to say no. Mm -hmm. First and foremost, you need to have the ability to focus. Yeah, you have to be able to sit down. And determine what you want to hone. What you want to hone and what you want to actually develop or build upon. So that's the first thing. Yeah, keep going. So, but beyond that, grounding. You okay. have to have a good ground. We, we talk so much about grounding. and I, I feel one of these days we need to actually like sit and... We should we should we should do like a like an episode on just on, on grounding because we talk about that we push that so much and I know a lot of people hear that and they're like I don't know what they you know I, I walk like, outside barefoot <clears throat> like I don't know how to connect to this I don't know what that really means and I think that we probably need to elaborate on that um, you you mentioned meditation which you know you are absolutely right so many people when you are looking for 
knowledge or a way to train and learn with when it comes to psychic ability. Um, yes, you're going to find teachers, you're going to read books, you're going to find, you know, resources are going to be like, we'll start with meditation. And I agree with you completely. Like, I, I think that within the contemporary, the modern spiritual community, we, we really do need to change the way that we look at meditation as a practice. You know, uh, you know, back in the day, well, I shouldn't say back in the day, e even in this day, you know, there are spiritual traditions that, you know, heavily involve meditation, meditational practice. And, you know, and um, but each tradition that would involve that is really kind of approaching that or should be kind of approaching that for, for different reasons, right? Like in, in, in our spectrum of the spiritual community, you know, within witchcraft specifically, you know, we use meditation as a means of focus, we use meditation as a means of building up to focus, which is really kind of what you need mm -hmm. to be able to work effectively in, in any kind of spiritual capacity. Whereas I think there still is this um, idea or this belief that meditation is, is solely about being able to achieve states like clear mind, you know, which is a concept that we see tied to many Eastern practices, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, clear mind or to be able to completely detach oneself from the concerns of the mortal physical world, right? Which we know we can't do. Mm -hmm. There's no way to do that other than death, right? Um, you know, and so we, you know, we, we have to, I think, change the way that we look at meditation as a practice because I, I will say that incorporating something like that with that different specialization with using that to build or create focus, I think actually could be a healthy component of developing psychic ability. I agree. So I agree with you. I'm not disagreeing with you, but I, I think really what it comes down to is we need to change the way that we identify meditation. Yes, we, what we should do is we should... <clears throat> I've been telling people that they need to do exercises. Okay. Okay. What kind of exercises? Well, exercises that range from um, focusing on your breath, because breath is so important when you're working on this. If you cannot get your breath to move freely, you're not going to be able to get that energy to move freely. It gets tied up. And so... Breathing work, breath work is super, super important. Mm. Two is visualization, being able to actually open up and allow the visualization to play and to happen. Mm. Uh, I give my students an exercise that one of my old teachers taught me, which is you start with the most one one of the most common objects in your home. Mm -hmm. You know, you start with an orange, and is that the most common object in the home? Well, at my home, it was. Like okay. we had an okay. abundance of them, ah, and okay. so yes, I, that's right. You were you were growing up on a citrus farm, I recall now. No, I just you my just family liked oranges. Family, oh, 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 I, oh, I see. yes, I'm sorry. Yes, yes, the, yes, the orchards of Florida. So, but you know, you visualize and you become very physically tied in with this orange. So you, the smell, the taste, the texture of the the orange peel, all of that, and then you try and visualize and recreate that with your eyes closed. And you go from there. And that's something that I give my students and still to this day will pass on to people because it helps a lot. Mm -hmm. um, also, once again, like I said earlier, you have to be able to focus. You can't focus on all of the things at once. Mm -hmm. Pick one thing, become good at that one thing, and then move on or don't. Yeah. I, I like the exercise that you just shared with the orange for one particular reason. And in some of the classes that I've taught over the years, I've done similar things. I've, I've noticed that these kinds of abilities, working and developing, exercising to develop these kinds of abilities can seem very, 
you know, it all seems for many people, it all seems to be so far into the realm of like the, the untangible or the intangible, right? Like the, mm -hmm. the energetic, the etheric, you know, and so many people, I think, because they are coming from a situation where they, they you know, they're struggling to believe that these things are possible to begin with, or, you know, maybe they do believe, but they're just, they're still dealing with issues of personal doubt around their ability to do these things. You know, they struggle with that. And I think I like the exercise that you just um, referenced with being able to first physically identify and connect to the specifics of an item like, like that. Um, and then using that as a means of, um, you know, of building, you know, the energetic association or connection to that. You know, I think that if we can incorporate the physical senses that we have, if we can fall back on those as a primary connection and then allow our psychic ability to kind of push just beyond the realm of those mm -hmm. physical senses, I think that that can be a much healthier practice for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And I guess, I guess to, to, to further relate or, you know, to further relate that or to further, to further clarify that, you know, we, we've taught classes here, you and I, where we bring in exercises that involve things like, like a color association, mm -hmm. things like that, right. Where we'll have people like, like, look at this, look at, look at blue, look at this, like this color blue, right now, allow yourself to be on vi visually, physically with your vi physical eyes, seeing this color blue, allow yourself now to kind of stretch beyond that and to, to go to a space where you're like, what does blue mean? You know, what does the, what does this color bring up in me? Does this evoke particular emotion? Is there sensation associated with this? Right? Because many people have sensation, you know, you'll have people that'll be like, every time I see the color blue, I feel cool. Right? Mm -hmm. I feel like a cold kind of a sense. Or we associate blue with cold very mm -hmm. often, right? You know, um, for example, right? Anyway, so, um, you know. Well, and, and bringing up that, that physical connection there, everyone is so focused when they're working on these things to remove the physical mm -hmm. self and physical body. And mm -hmm. you shouldn't and cannot do that mm -hmm. because then you're never going to be able to get any tangible work done. Yeah, it's true. You know, yeah. Mike and I have taught several classes on stuff like this, like you just mentioned. And if your body, your your body will react to the spiritual first. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, we talked about that, how, how the physical body has really kind of been overlooked a lot in the pursuit of the spiritual. And, um, and they have to work in tandem. They mm -hmm. have to work together. If you're ever really going to be fully... Uh, you know, fully being able to step into your your own psychic skills uh, abilities. Yeah, you 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 have to use both. You've got to work with both. Um, you you talked about visualization. You mentioned visualization very briefly a moment ago, and I know that that is one other thing that really seems to trip a lot of people up. Like I, I had this communication with a student, and I I hope that you know if she's listening to the podcast right now. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not I'm not dropping any names and I'm not trying to call you out in any way because I, I, I really like you. You're 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 a good student and I'm having so much fun seeing how much you're growing. Um, but I had this interaction with this student after a class that I taught in the last week on developing your skills, uh, specifically around mediumship, you know. Um and, but many of those things also work with just developing just general psychic ability. And um and, you know, and in, in talking with the student, you know, they were relating to me that they have a really hard time with visualization. Like, they, they, they really struggle with that, mm -hmm. you know. And I, I think that a lot of people, you and, I, you and I, we were discussing this, actually, I think the day after. A lot of people have now uh, gotten to a point where they, they, we think of visualization as something like this alien, this weird thing, right? And, you know, and really what it comes down to is just allowing our imagination to flow. 
mm-hmm. you know, being able to give ourselves the ability to say, you know, like I'm connecting to this energy and in my, my mind's eye, in my imagination, I'm, I'm envisioning that it would look this way or that it would mm-hmm. have this appear- particular appearance. Um, and more often than not, than not, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's how that works. So those of you who ha- are, have read books, those of you who have taken classes and done exercises that have involved or detailed processes of visualization, remember, visualization is imagination. It's imagination with intention. Exactly. And that's what makes it so powerful. Intention is and it is, purpose. Yeah. You're not, just, you're not just idly daydreaming. Like, this is like, this is something, like, this is imagination with purpose exactly mm-hmm. that is visualization in a, in a nutshell um yeah beyond that too as austin was saying a moment ago to incorporate the physical body in these things is a good thing so um so we we we've talked a little bit about you know uh meditative practice and associations that would allow us to connect or move beyond the realm of the physical senses into the more more energetic kinds of senses um what other what other things would you would recommend? Maybe what other things would you recommend to people? Rituals. Create a ritual around it. You, you talked about this in, in the class you taught, but this is also very important because even in my Awakening the Witch class, um, I teach everyone a process that I call opening up, where they basically they do one thing and then another in tandem, and then by the end of doing these things, they're open up, their energy's flowing, and they are connected, and they have the ability to actually do the work they need to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the same thing goes for for working on developing your psychic senses. If you make a ritual out of it, it will become much easier to access. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I did, I did talk about that in the class, you know, and I, I used the uh, analogy of um, like going to the gym, right? Which I, I find I fall back on, but it's one that I, I fall back on a lot of because people get it. They understand that one, right? Mm-hmm. Like we, as we're developing these kinds of abilities, um, we do need ritual. And we have to understand that the development of something like this is very much going to be, you know, like, again, like like you're going to the gym, you're working out, you know, to lose weight, to build muscle, whatever, you know, whatever reason you may be there. Um, and that's not going to be something that's going to happen in one or two visits to the gym. Like you're, you're, you're going to need to go consistently regularly you're going to have to have some sort of routine right a lot of that will be repetitious in nature right where we see again the element of ritual okay beyond that it's something that will take again take time you need time and dedication to develop these kinds of abilities you know the natural skill is there certainly there are a lot of people i've met over the years that are very talented when it comes to these kinds of things but if you want to be able to really do this, do it reliably, effectively for your lifetime, you, you're going to have to be dedicated about the way that you you do this. You're gonna you're, you're going to have to bring in absolutely some sort of ritual or routine to give this structure. Um, yeah. Um, what else would you recommend? I'm waiting to see if you say it. We also talk about documentation, mm-hmm. right? Documentation of experience. Um, I find where developing these kinds of abilities is, uh, where, where documentation is particularly beneficial is that we, we, we've talked a lot or we, we've spoken a little bit. I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast, maybe on one episode, I think we did, maybe we, we brought this up, but we talk about things like, like your personal psychic dictionary mm-hmm. and things like that. So can you elaborate on that? Like what, what would that be basically? I feel like I'm talking a lot. Um, you usually talk a lot. 
And then you get mad at me, like right now, that look you're giving me. Yeah, because you're like, you're always telling me I talk too much on the podcast. And now I'm like asking you questions and you're like. Anyway, you were saying <laughs> personal psychic dictionary. Um, a personal psychic dictionary is going to be different for everyone. I mean, you can go the route of getting a book that's like omen signs and symbols and, you know, finding those associations. But they're all going to vary from culture to culture. You know, and so what your personal psychic dictionary is, is essentially images, feelings, symbols, signs, so on and so forth, that spirit gives you. And so I always use this as an example, but if I'm doing a mediumship session, um, sometimes I'll get full sentences, sometimes I'll get images, sometimes I'll get a movie, sense, all that great stuff, but the way that I know I'm no longer talking to that spirit is I get doves. Okay. I see a visual image of a dove flying away. Okay. And that tells me that spirit okay. has spirit is gone. Is gone and okay. finished. And the energy shifts in the room. Mm -hmm. And it gets it's confirmed for me every single time this happens. When we did our first séance here at the shop, mm -hmm. um uh we had a spirit come through that was lingering and just very linger and very talkative and then i got doves and then the board went quiet mm -hmm. and then yeah. everyone said i think it's gone so that validated to me like okay that's what that symbol means mm -hmm. always you know um versus where if i get things like a full image of a memory, which sometimes happens, mm -hmm. um, that's going to be different. Or if they show me scissors. Um, and it's some, sometimes it's weird. Sometimes I'll see little old Mormon grandma doing some weird ritual thing that she totally wouldn't have done in life, but now she's that. that's how my brain has to interpret it in death. Mm. Okay. So that's what your own personal psychic dictionary is right. and it would be good to again to document this mm -hmm. right like yes to, to keep a journal and actually say like okay this you know this is the association or this is the meaning i personally not these other people but i personally yes. attribute to this thing when i see it slash experience it when i'm doing my exercises exactly. my psychic work okay perfect all right okay um beyond that i think it's it's good to actually document your experiences you know um for yourself for yourself exactly for one thing it'll give you the ability to see how you're growing um, beyond that, it'll give you the ability to go back to communications and things you may experience later because a lot of the time, like in the moment when those things come through, they don't make a lot of sense. It's true. You know, spirits can be cryptic, cryptic spirits can be confusing. And I'm not talking like trickster kinds of spirits either. I'm talking like, like your grandma comes through and she, for whatever reason is going to struggle to be able to communicate with you clearly. That, that happens. That happens. There are a number of reasons why that could possibly happen. Um, and, you know, and you do need to be able to document whatever it is that you do receive so that you can go back to it later and maybe, you know, figure out what the heck is going on. Um, so if you were to recommend like one exercise, one way, I mean, we've, we've, we've mentioned a couple already, but, but like for someone that was like just very beginner that you found to be like, like good, like this is something that will help. This is something that will get you going in the right direction. Um, would you share those details, Austin? Do you have something that you would recommend? On what? Like on just, 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 just general, just kind of just general helping people to, to build on some of the things that we've been talking about, helping someone to build a bit of focus, helping someone to be able to kind of let their, 
processes of visualization flow. Um, um, yeah. Okay. I, what does that look like? I, I really, really, really enjoy working with candles and fire. It is tangible. Okay. You can see it. You can mm -hmm. feel it, most definitely. Yeah. Um, on top of that, it, depending on the air in the room, it can become an item or an article of fascination. Mm -hmm. And so allowing your gaze to soften on a candle on, on its flame in particular, and you look either through it or just past it and allowing your gaze to soften, what will end up happening is it will start to imprint, I guess, onto like your retina. Okay. And so once it's, it's done that and you close your eyes and you start to be able to see that imprint of that candle flame, then you can start to um, see if you can visualize it away from there it's really easy it's really simple i also liked the exercise you you did in the developing mediumship class mm -hmm. um the fire in the the fire in the head yeah i really like that one and i think it's really accessible for most people but i'd say it that would have to come after just connecting with that fire because mm -hmm. yeah. just being able to see and soften the gaze on the fire which will then quiet the mind mm -hmm. and allow you to open up mm -hmm. um i think that helps and then you can move on to a different exercise. I usually encourage my students, or if I'm mentoring someone on this stuff, if you're going to do the candle exercise, have a recording device nearby or a notebook. So that way, as you're just softening your gaze, you can start to say, I'm feeling this. And it's recorded, and you don't have to worry about stopping and writing it down. And you can just kind of sit and you can kind of mumble. Okay. And then play it back to you, and then physically record it. All right. You had me at softening gaze. Um, okay. I, I like, I, I was going to also kind of talk about like exercising or at least starting practicing with fire. I think because there's something kind of, there's something magical about fire, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you're an arsonist. Like, you know, like, like totally. you know, like, like, you know, let's, 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 let's explore this a little bit. So I, mean, I did set Moon Willow on fire. Yeah. Yeah. We, we all, those of you who listen to the podcast, um, the rest of us here who, who work with Austin in varying degrees, um, we fear him. When he is allowed access to flammable things, I he, have he, to flammable things. he usually ends up burning someone else. And, Everything um, is burnable if you try hard enough. That is very true. Everything is, is flammable if you're, if you're, if you're uh, trying hard enough. Um, yes, and you did. You, you, you nearly set fire to Moonwillow. Um, <clears throat> no, not nearly. I did. We just, it just, it was out. Her hair grew back. Um, Anyway, so, yeah, but I, I think there, there's something kind of magical about fire, though, you know, if you think about it, because it's, it absolutely has form, right? Mm -hmm. We can visually see it. Yep. Um, and if you go to touch it, you're going to know you're touching fire. Yep. Um, but it's intangible. Like, it doesn't have mass. Like, yep. it's not solid, you know? And scientifically, we, we understand how fire exists and how it works, um, but, but it is because of its very nature, it, it's something that is still also, I think, very, um, something very spiritual and again, very magical about fire. And I, I think that as a, as a tool or at the very least a visual focus for some of these exercises, I would agree. I think that it's well, a very, very powerful one. Well, there's an ancestral tie there for everyone. Our ancestors used it to cook, to hunt, to light, to warm, mm -hmm. no matter where you're at. And for protection. And for protection, mm -hmm. you know? On top of that, the farther we go, the farther and farther back we go when it comes to fire, we see things 
that would be centered around religious rites mm -hmm. and stuff like that. I mean, old diviners and old seers are all notated or historically written about always having some sort of fire around, even the Oracle of Delphi. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. All right. What are some common misconceptions? Uh, I'm going to go with this one first because it's one that I see a lot and it's one that I hear a lot. Just because you're psychic doesn't mean you're a witch. Okay. Yeah. You know, a lot of people think that because they can pick up on these intuitive energies and, and stuff like that, that boom, they're a witch and mm -hmm. they can start a, start leading a coven and, and they can start writing a book about it and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. That's why we have some of the trashy books we have nowadays. Ooh, the shade. Um, however, I will say that just because every psychic's not a witch doesn't mean that every witch is not psychic. Because every witch is psychic. I'm a firm believer in that. I'm a firm believer that every witch has psychic ability. Okay. That's part of what makes that's part of what is innate about the witch power and the witch blood. Okay. I I would agree. That that is also my experience. I would agree. Now, um, is that is that being able to read cards or see into the future? No, but is that being able to commune or connect with existential energies? Yes. Okay. I think actually the way that you said that, that kind of leads me to another misconception that, that I think it would be good for us to talk about. You yeah. know, you mentioned like cards and these kinds of things, you know, and I, I cannot count. Even, even earlier today, I had um, communication with someone concerning pendulum work and, um, and this person's belief that it was like it's like basically like through the conversation it was like this person for all the months that they've been working with pendulums and they're and they're still very new in their spiritual journey but you know but they're excited and that's a good thing mm -hmm. you know um but but it became very clear that they're they're of the belief that the pendulum is the one that is psychic they're like it's the pendulum that's doing the work and i'm like no 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 that was the, the micro movements the, in your body the pendulum is 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 a vessel the pendulum is a tool as are tarot cards there's nothing psychic about tarot cards Tarot cards are ink on paper, you know, um, whatever it may be. You know, I, I read Crystal Ball. I, you know, I read uh, Palm here at the shop and it's not your palm that is psychic. It is not the Crystal Ball that is psychic. Those are just tools. And so mm -hmm. I think that's another misconception I'd like to, to kind of clear clarify a little bit is that like psychic ability cannot be found in inanimate objects. Um, if you are experiencing those kinds of things, if you are working psychically or having those kinds of things, you know, phenomena happen, it's you. So you're saying that I, if I buy a deck of tarot cards and memorize the meanings, I'm not psychic? Um, yeah, because at that point you're, you're not working as a psychic. At that point, you, all you've done is you've memorized the traditional meanings of the tarot and you're not a psychic. You're just a card reader. Interesting. Yeah, and we know a lot of people who do that, don't exactly. we? Exactly. Yeah. This is me being sarcastic. There are <clears throat> yeah. a lot of people out there who've memorized cards or they'll memorize an entire deck. And then they sit down and they're like, okay, well, I'm a professional reader now. Mm -hmm. Pay me 100 bucks for a reading. Yeah. And those are the readers that, uh, they're not good. These are the readers that always, when you leave, you leave with more questions. Mm -hmm. You leave feeling like nothing was answered. In order to be a good reader or psychic you have to have intuitive ability or utilize that rather when you're when you're doing the work mm -hmm. yeah that is very true what what other 
what are the things have you heard like in, in all the work that you've done because you you like 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 i you know you and i have both been involved professionally as psychics you know we've um, done that kind of work for a long time what what else have you heard i'm even just trying to think of things i've heard recently that have continued to, uh, to like, like aggravate me that are like, okay, no, like th this is once again, this is misinformation. Well, obviously we, we already <clears throat> kind of talked about this, but psychic activators. Um, mm. No, that's bullshit. No one can activate your psychic gifts except you. Um, this constant, constant, constant. Three constants, really? Need to open my third eye. I need to open my third eye. What crystal's good for my third eye? Should I drink mugwort tea to help open my third eye? If you're <clears throat> already experiencing intuitive things, your third eye's open. There's this idea that psychic equals seeing the dead or hearing the dead. And that's just one facet of one particular type of a psychic. Yeah. You know, and the thing is, is it's, it's a sad fact, but some of you may never be able to do that. Is it a sad fact? And that's okay. I don't think that's a sad fact at all. I think that might actually be a good thing because I think a lot of people. Well, for the people who can't do, who, who, who I'm telling, they won't ever be able to do that. It's a sad fact. Cause well, I'm just going to say real quick and I know I'm interrupting you. I'm sorry. Wait, no, no, I'm not sorry. I'm interrupting you. Um, that particular kind of work, like being able to to physically see and engage with the the dead on that level, well, not only is it exhausting, but a lot of people have those experiences, kind of like like fluky, you know, whatever the circumstances may be. Like they have a moment like that, and the, I've seen, I've talked to people who have had a moment or an experience like that who did not identify as psychics, who did, most of the time did not even identify as spiritual mm -hmm. people, and they have a moment like that, and that kind of situation is like it destroys their world yeah like, it's traumatic. Like I, yeah i've had people come to me who have been like i i never believed in this stuff and the other night i'm at home and i hear a noise in my house and i walk down the hall and there's a woman standing in my room and she was there but she wasn't there mm -hmm. you know and i almost like verbatim that's been a conversation that i had with a client and and this woman, just as she's relating this story, I mean, tears are welling up in her eyes, and she is shaken. She is still, even in that moment, like days after it happened, and she's sitting here, broad daylight, with me in a room, and she is still, absolutely, she is still shaken. She is still in fear, mm -hmm. because she has had a moment now that has convinced her, that has shown her, like, oh my god, this shit mm -hmm. is real. Well, uh, <clears throat> piggybacking off of that, these people who want to see the dead and see spirits and see stuff like that. These are also the people who are cleansing five, six, seven times a day and doing nothing but protective work because they're so terrified that something might get them. Mm -hmm. And it's like, do, do you not understand that if you see it, there's no warning against that. There, there, there is no, yeah, Oh, like, like, I see a yeah. dead person. I'm going <laughs> to cleanse it away. That's not how that works. Yeah. I see, I see, I see the dead. I see spirits. I hear them. Like like a person standing in front of me, clear as day sometimes. Hmm. And the first experience I had with that was absolutely terrifying. Yeah. I was seven years old and this, I can't even, I, I don't even know if it was male or female, but this spirit popped up in my room and they were mangled. 
And it was terrifying as a seven-year-old. I screamed and, you know, grandma came in and took care of it. But uh, it's terrifying because you don't get to choose when they show up. You don't get to choose how they present themselves to you. It just happens. Mm -hmm. It just happens. Now, can you learn to hone and focus that ability so that way you have a little bit more control over it? Of course. Absolutely. But to this day, I how long have I lived lived with you? Like, what, four, four almost five We've years now? We've been together for about five years. Yeah. And to this day, I'll wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, and there will be a spirit in the in the living room. And it it shakes me to the core still sometimes because I'm in a liminal space after waking up. Yeah. And I'm like, who the fuck? Oh. Well, I think there's also, like, just... just 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 on a human level. Yeah. So who to, the like, fuck are you? Walk, yeah, to walk into a room and to see someone in that room that shouldn't be in that room is disturbing. Yeah. yeah. And, and but and you can see them and you can feel that it's there, but you know it's not. Yeah. It's shaken. So please, please, if you think that the be all end all is seeing spirits and hearing them, no. Yeah, you yeah, a lot of people really are not not really ready for that. Yeah, so you, it's you, better to focus oof. on your own personal gift yeah you know um yeah so yeah sorry i know i i totally threw you off track there but no, I, okay. I but i wanted to kind of talk about that for just a quick minute um how what about, about this oh go ahead how about empaths 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 are not psychic okay and i guess what i mean by that is that empath empathy is just a human thing everybody is empathic and I'm kind of liking that I'm hearing this whole, like, well, I'm an empath thing less and less in conversation. Because for a quick minute there, it was like everybody that was trying to, to do something spiritually was like, well, I'm an empath. It's like, yeah, you and everybody else, honey. It's like, yeah, empathy is just a human thing. We all have empathy. So now now there is intuitive empathy, you know, which is, which is definitely a psychic ability. You know, and I, and again, I want to say that would probably have something to do with, you know, I would say like clairsentience because it's Agreed. a very, it's a knowledge, but it can also be a very physical kind of experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yes. Yeah, so empathy, people who identify as empaths, I'm sorry, if you are empathic, that does not mean anything about being psychic. That is a very human thing. That just basically means you have the ability to connect on an emotional level with other human beings. Congratulations. You're not a psycho. <clears throat> It's also not an excuse for you to get overwhelmed and just drape yourself in black tourmaline. Oh, God, Notice yeah. how it's not working. Yeah, the, yeah the, the, the fear response that people have to some of these things is really kind of, it's it's upsetting at times. You know, really, it kind of, kind of makes me, when I say upsetting, I don't mean that I'm upset with these people. I mean, I feel badly mm -hmm. for these people because they are so fearful. Well, and it's been this. exacerbated by other yeah, practitioners. Yeah, exactly, yes. You've got these other and people in the community that, that deliberately sow fear because they profit on it in some mm -hmm. way. Um, what about this idea that people who are psychic are, okay, I'm, okay, this is one that we, I know you've heard too, okay, but I, I hear this one a lot, that people who have psychic ability, that, that there are psychic gifts that are beyond the ability to control. No, that's bullshit. Yeah, okay, yeah. I, yeah that is bullshit. If, if you can't control your psychic ability, then guess what? You're just not doing the work and you're refusing to do it. So either turn it off and shut it down or suck it up and find a mentor mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah and yeah. do the work yeah you know i i kind of feel the same way it's kind of you know like i i i can't do this i can't i can't help this i can't turn this off and it's ruining my life and it's like okay well no like you 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 skipped the the development part 
you know, you did something maybe to waken this up, but you haven't actually bothered to do anything to really give it structure. And yeah, now well, it's turned against you. Now, I will say there are people with really serious mental illness that mm-hmm. then exacerbate these psychic abilities. That, you know, that's that's true. And that's probably good to mention because we did kind of talk about that earlier. Mm-hmm. We talked about the difference between, say, someone having auditory hallucinations and someone who actually was clairaudient. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but very often that does happen. We, we, we see people who are dealing with some fairly serious mental illness who also have psychic ability. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and it's almost like they kind of create this odd cycle, cycle for themselves. You know, they where they, yes, exactly. Like where their mental illness triggers emotional kinds of things that attract spirits. So they have spiritual phenomena, which agitates them, which adds to their mental illness, yep. you know, and they do, they end up in this cycle um, that it, it ends up being very defeating for many mm-hmm. of them, unfortunately. Well, very defeating. And, and for <clears throat> some, it can completely wreck their psyche. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You know, um, I feel bad for those people. And I mean, there's, I, I have shut a couple people down when they've come to me with that. And, you know, I'm very ethical about it. I very much believe... What do you mean by shutting people down? What are you talking about? <clears throat> block those things. Okay, yeah, let's talk about that. Because um, I, because I think that's something that a lot of people are not aware of. You know, we talk so much about... I mean, you, you mentioned this earlier. You know, you talked about how people who are psychic activators are bullshit. Mm-hmm. And so it seems almost... Um, silly to me, or I would say almost even hypocritical for me for us to then turn around and say, okay, but you can shut down someone's psychic ability. Like I said, it would seem to me like, or it would almost sound like those two would be very similar kinds of things. You know, I I would Um, say that. But they're not. They're They're, not. And, And here's the reason. A psychic activator is someone who is activating something that potentially isn't there or is removing blocks. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. If you are a psychic or someone who is sensitive and you have put those blocks up, those blocks are there. Yeah. And you're the only person who can remove them. And your spirit team, your team of spirits that surround you are the only ones who can help you with that. However, this is where it becomes an ethical issue for me. If someone comes to me and their psychic abilities are exacerbating are being exacerbated by their mental illness and therefore completely wrecking their psyche. As a witch, as a witch and a psychic and a healer, I do a read on that. And if my spirits and their spirits, because I'm in communication with their spirits, tell me they're not willing to do the work, Mm -hmm. then I have that conversation with them. I have only shut two people down per request and per, um, like, needing it. One of which was an older gentleman who, very much older gentleman, like, right at that age of, like, getting onset dementia, all that great stuff, and he he kept seeing these things. He kept seeing these things in spirits, and I, you know, Vlad and I, we went over, we cleared his house, and, and... Oh, okay, I remember this guy. And we warded, and we shielded, and... And two days later, he's back at the shop telling telling you, like, oh, they're behind the door, and da 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 And it's like, okay, this is obviously causing him more stress than it is good. Mm-hmm. And so Vlad and I did a read, and we talked to him, and we basically, the spirits that, that, that were attached to him, we removed. We did a big full clear on him, and then basically called in his guides and, were, and just shut him down. Mm-hmm. 
But you did that with his consent. We did that with his consent. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. And that's the difference, is these psychic activators that are just popping up on TikTok, they're not giving you your... They're not asking for consent. And on top of that, they're activating things that you probably don't have. Yeah, or things you don't want because yeah. you're not ready for it. And, and also, I just want to say right now, the whole activating things through light language, bullshit, total crap. Light language is not going to do anything for you, particularly if it's somebody doing light language on a, a video recording that pops up on YouTube Shut or up. Facebook or whatever. Yeah, you, you, you've, you've seen quite a few of these videos, I see. They pop up on um, my FU, FYP page and I block them. So, but yeah. guess what, guys? I just light languaged. I'm sure someone will listen to that and be like, oh my god, he's connected to Metatron. <sighs> Probably not our listeners. Oh, thank God. Um, anyway. All right. So, yeah. I mean, th- those are those are certainly... Can you think of any other things that, like... I'm tr- I'm just trying to think of, like, for the, you know, for the benefit of the people who, who maybe listen to this. You know, for the five people who listen to our podcast. Um, well, we have more than five listeners. You know, um, I, I, you know, I'm trying to think of, like, what else... What else really could, you know, have we have we maybe not gone into? Or what have we not maybe touched upon? You know, we've talked a little bit about exercises... You know, there are ethics. so many out there. Ethics, you know, I, I, you know, we could touch upon that a little bit, but I, I do want to kind of hold off on getting kind of really getting in there with that one, mainly because we have a guest next week on the podcast oh, yes. who is going to be talking Perfect. about ethics in, particularly in professional psychic practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and while this episode is kind of like a good lead into that mm-hmm. one, I think, um, you know, I would like to kind of like keep like the, the bulk of ethics, you know, kind of maybe around that or for that, for that okay. episode. Um, you know, but, but that is a fair, since you bring it up, I mean, it is fair to say, you know, um, just because you have these abilities, even if you've invested, you know, years of time in developing your skill, that does not give you the right to use them for others. Ever, 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 unless those other people have asked you unless those other people have given you consent. Um, or, and I would say this is a little bit of a gray area, okay, but but I found myself in this situation where over the years where I've had uh, an intuition, a sense around something that has been going on in someone's life, and it's been something that was potentially harmful mm-hmm. to that person, or something that was... Um, well, I'll just say that something that was that was a harmful situation for them, or was going to be a harmful situation for them, and you know, and in each of those situations, you know, I, I did I struggled with myself around like, God, should I say anything? If I say something, is it just going to end up leading them to this moment? You know, like you know, but in in both of those situations, you know, I I had to kind of say like, okay. <sighs> For the for the sake of trying to help this person and really in trying to improve the odds that they're going to make it through this this difficulty, like I, I I need to just I need to give them something. I need mm-hmm. to let them know something, you know. And in each of those situations, usually I won't give them the full story, mm-hmm. but I'll give them enough so that they're aware or that they're thinking about it. Well, and you'll also not go about it in in a sense of like your dead uncle Bob's talking to me and there's a message coming through with the hay on the nails. Instead, you're going to try and work it into a conversation yeah. that Well, in each of these situations, natural. these are usually people that have, like, you know, we're already kind of in a context or mm-hmm. in a situation where, like, like we're engaging on that level, yep. right? Where, you know, where they're, yeah, you know, maybe they haven't given me full consent, but we're having a, a, a conversation or something that lets me know that they mm-hmm. are open 
to the to to the, you know that kind of experience. So um, yeah, so like I said, that's there's a little bit of a gray area there for yeah. me. But I think in the situation where it, it, we potentially have the ability to help, like to to save someone some trouble, I think sometimes maybe like we can make a little bit of an exception there. I would agree with that. But um, just going up and telling someone that there's a there's a message from their dead person, uh... particularly when that message is something really dumb, you know, like like you you always use the example of that particular famous medium, quote unquote medium. I think I read something lately that like a bunch of people came forward and said that she was bullshit. Like they're actually like they're they, like they they've done people have like set her up a few times mm -hmm. and they've actually kind of proven like yeah like she basically just is a cold reader that she gives people mm -hmm. bullshit information. Um, oh yeah, if she starts, which on the one hand doesn't surprise me, but on the other hand also really kind of like disappoints me because there's a part of me that like whenever I see a situation like that or someone kind of blow up like that, like I want to believe that they're the real deal. Well, so here's the thing: yeah. I very much believe that they started legit. Yeah. And then, you know, ego got in the way, fame got in the way. Yeah, money got in the way. Money got in the way, yeah. and boom. Yeah, that does happen. Now, that doesn't mean, that is not me saying that if you are choosing to pursue a career as a professional psychic, that you're going to be destitute and povertous. Oh, no, you, sh you need to be paid for what you're worth. Oh, yeah. But you, but you can't be... You know, you don't want to become, like, like, these prosperity gospel preachers where you're, like, you know, making you know, thousands and thousands of dollars off of somebody else's life experience. Yeah, I think... If you do that, you're no longer a psychic, you're a parasite. I think that I think that particular medium charges, like, $1,500 for, like, oh, yeah, an hour yeah, session. Yeah, I'm sure it's, it's yeah, it's got to be pretty ridiculous, yeah. Um, anyway, that's okay. I don't want to go too far into that. Um, but, uh, um, God, what was my initial point with that? Oh, my God. Like, I got... I, I sidetracked myself. Um, I think that... Um, we, you know, we do need to be, oh God, yeah, like I'm totally, I totally derailed my thought on that. Oh, well, that's okay. It's, like I said, it's, it's been a long day. Um, is there anything we haven't really discussed about this or anything else that you think would be of benefit to our, our readers? How do you feel? Our readers, our listeners. Oh God. How do you Ugh. feel about quote unquote God mouths? God mouths. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, okay. So here's, okay. Here is, here's, okay. Here's my take on that. Okay. I think that as we understand something like a God mouth and let, let's elaborate on that. Okay. Because I basically, if I'm understanding you correctly, the whole God mouth thing is this belief or this idea that certain people have a particular type of psychic ability or gift where they basically channel the essence or the voice of a God or a deity. Right? Yes. Okay. All right. I'm going to say, First of all, I'm going to say I think that that's bullshit uh, for a couple of reasons, okay? And and to clarify, when I say that that is bullshit, I do not mean to imply that people are incapable of receiving messages from the gods. You know, I think that that really, in essence, if you look even historically, all of mm -hmm. our stories, our folklore, all of our, our myths, all of these things, there have always been people that have been connected to higher powers in those ways. Yep. You know, Um and have been kind of a vessel or or have kind of served as a voice for omens, mm -hmm. signs from other powers. You know, mm -hmm. that's a normal part of our practice. But to actually serve as the channel, the physical voice for a god or a deity, the human body cannot handle that kind of energy. Mm -hmm. That would be like trying to call an angel into your physical body. Like, we, we cannot handle that kind of energy. Um, you know, and so when I hear these people, they're like, well, I speak for this particular deity. I, you know, I, I really, I'm like, 
have you taken your meds today? You know, is really kind of what I want to say, you know, um, you know, and, you know, and, and I realize there are people who are going to be hearing this that are going to probably disagree with me on that, you know, or think that I maybe I'm being dismissive. But uh, but it's been my experience over the years as I've run into people who have claimed to be that or do that. But again, these are people that are seriously mentally ill. You know, I mean, like, like bad, you know, and, you know, and beyond that, you know, in each of those situations, I've had the ability uh, to kind of pick that apart a little bit because a lot of the times, you know, I'll, I'll, that'll be a spirit or a deity that I've also had a personal connection with. I'm not saying I've been a voice for them, but I've had a personal connection with them. And I, I can say, no, that probably wouldn't be something this God would say mm -hmm. that this wouldn't be the way that this particular spirit or God would manifest, mm -hmm. you know, uh, beyond that, you have to also look at the message, you know, like a God is not going to show up and channel a message through a person. And then the nature of that message is going to be like, yeah, you should buy that new car, <clears throat> you know, which is going to sound like a silly example, but that's, I, I have a personal story about that, you know, where someone was like, they channeled this higher being this, you know, this, this higher spirit. And basically to tell someone like, yeah, you should buy a new car. And I was like, okay. A god is not going to come through and say something like that. They don't give a shit if you own a car or not. So there's my position or my, my opinion on that. Anyway. So we, we talked a little bit about how historically there were individuals who would speak for, not speak for, but... Well, they didn't even speak with the voice of the god. They usually were people that were in positions of, say, like... like priests or priests of some kind or priestesses of some mm -hmm. kind where they would speak with the authority mm -hmm. of that God. Mm -hmm. But that is not the voice of that mm -hmm. God. So well, we also have to look at cultures as well, right? Mm -hmm. So when we look at things like just using priests and priestesses of Hecate. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um, you're not going to have... So the priests and priestesses of Hecate... We'll just use Greek, right? Because mm -hmm. that's where things... Which is not a formal thing. Historically, there was no formal clergy for the goddess Hecate. So, but just using that as an example, um, they would be the ones who'd be more apt to be like, you know, this is more along the lines of what that would be. Here's that particular quote-unquote message versus the Nordic quote-unquote practitioner with 56.2 thousand followers saying that oh yeah loki's calling you and it's always loki and it's always their pantheon hmm. but then when they actually come they're like oh yeah no this, there's this, this hecate sounds like a personal uh, no this well i've had a personal experience like that where someone's like oh you really need to work with the nordic gods they're just so chatty with me about you right now and i'm like trust me they're not it's not there so so I'm finding that with the uprise of quote-unquote deity work, mm. there are quote-unquote psychics stepping forward and going, oh, yeah, I can do a deity confirmation reading for you. Oh, yeah, I can, I can totally channel a message of, of that deity to you. Like, mm -hmm. how about this? It's a god. They yeah. don't need a... Uh, they don't need your petty mortal ass to actually give yeah, you a message. That's true. They, yeah, they don't need a human mouthpiece. Yeah. They, it, if Hecate wants to get a message to me and I'm being stubborn, it's just going to fucking happen. 
Yeah. There's there's not going to be some like, oh gosh, I wish I wish he'd just open up. <gasps> oh, well, I mean, look you, at this you, mouthpiece. Yeah, I can use well, that I mean, you, You're talking about Hecate as an example, but I mean, I'm thinking now, like most of the deities... That are that continue to be popular within the pagan community. Like I, I had a um, someone come into the shop yesterday who was was all about the Morrigan, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have some very strong opinions about the Morrigan, mm-hmm. you know. And they're not all negative. Like, well, you and I, I do. When I say that, I you know I I, I don't you know we the, both have strong opinions. You know, um, the Morrigan is is a, a perfectly the respectable goddess, and she, you know she exactly the Morrigan is the Morrigan anyway. But um, but. That that is not a goddess that is going to need you to go to a psychic to deliver a message. Correct. She is. You will know mm-hmm. without a doubt that the Morgan is talking to you or is is trying to communicate with you. Like she is. She does not know the meaning of subtle. Um, and many of those deities don't. And even if by nature they don't have, like, you know, I mean, you know, Morrigan is a, is a warrior goddess, you know, and so she tends to be very, a little, a little more aggressive in her, her energy and her, in her approach. But, but even gods that wouldn't have that kind of aggression, uh, like Hestia, even these kinds of deities who are, who we kind of see as a little more, maybe a little softer in their presence and in their energy, even these deities have no problem making their communication with you very clear. Beyond that, usually their communication, if they are working with you in that capacity or want to work with you in that capacity, it's a very personal thing and they're not gonna want someone else to know Mm -hmm. that, whatever that is. So, um, so yeah, that's a yeah, that's a very good thing to also bring up, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So before you decide to pay a psychic, quote unquote, um, you know, X amount of money to give you a message from the deity that you think you're working with, maybe you should check in with that deity first. Because the chances are they're going to be more apt to talk to you about it than they will. Yeah. Um, also, before we, before we wrap up or get into other things that we want to get into, um, if someone is charging... So I'm a big believer when it comes to psychic greetings, charging a fair price. Yeah. All right, you're getting into the ethics conversation again. Oh, sorry. Never mind. Scratch that. We'll talk about that next week. We've we've kind of touched upon that in a few of our other podcasts. Let's episodes. just say you get about... what you pay for usually. Um. Okay. I, yes, but at the same time, that does not always mean that the person who's going to charge you three hundred dollars for a Agreed. reading is going to be giving you a better reading than the person who's going to charge you thirty. Exactly. Because so much of that comes down to the individual skill and experience of the practitioner, of the psychic. So, so yeah, well, I will say, yeah, if you're going to go somewhere and somebody's offering to give you a reading for five bucks, yeah, you probably don't want that reading. Um, or, or at the very least, you should consider that reading to be more a form of entertainment and yes. not maybe take that too seriously. That's what and I, I say that at. mainly because it doesn't really have in that situation a lot to do with the money that it is exchanged. What it tells me is that that person probably isn't feeling entirely certain about their ability. They're not mm-hmm. really feeling secure in their experience and in their skill as a psychic, which tells me that they, one, should not be working in a professional capacity you know, and when I say professional, I'm not talking like they own a business. I'm talking like, you know, they're putting themselves in the situation to read for other people. Mm-hmm. That when you do that, you are now effectively working as a professional psychic. Yep. Um, and if you're not trusting yourself enough, if you're not sure enough of your knowledge and your, your experience and ability, and, and because of that, you feel like, oh, I can't charge more than five bucks a reading, then you're not ready. 
you're not ready and somehow you're you're gonna fuck up that reading the information that you have for that person is probably not going to be as clear or as accurate as it needs to be i agree um so yeah so i wanted to clarify what you said because yes i agree with you um but well there's a limit within reason exactly i was gonna say that that also that creates a bit of a slippery slope you know that's where we end up with people that are again thinking that a half an hour of their time is worth you know two thousand dollars you know um sorry no um no one's time is worth that well i mean i don't know i you know i would say if i could go to somebody like if i were to sit with a psychic and i i i knew where i had in whatever means or whatever way i had knowledge that everything that they were going to tell me was going to be 100 percent accurate and they were able to give me 100 percent accurate information about the future i might drop a couple mm-hmm. thousand dollars in that person's jar well i mean if we look at different different practitioners like a lot of senderos babalaos um, if you go into a botanica, it's not how long is the reading. It's the reading's done when it's done, but you're going to pay me. In, you're going to oh, pay yeah. me $300. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to pay like 300 bucks, but you're going to have like a half a day of that person's time. And they're probably going to potentially be available to do some other sort of spiritual work for you. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. so. All right. Well. Oh, God, there was something else that I wanted to bring up. Oh, okay. If you go to a psychic and they're reading out of a book, they're not a psychic. Well, that would be comparable to people who just memorize the reading, the meanings of cards, I would think. Yep. You know, like, um, you know, it's not that you can I would rather sit down and have someone who's memorized the cards than sit down and have someone who goes, lays out the cards and goes, let me get my book. So this card means... Yeah, I've, ha- I've had that experience, actually. I've received a reading like that years ago um, from someone, and their whole take on it was like... It's important that I, I read the creator of the of the cards, that I read the creator of this deck. It's important that I read their message for you. Like, it's so important that you get this message in their words. And I'm like, okay, well... Then you should memorize that message. Either that or... I'm just going to say that that... Nothing makes it more clear to me that I am not receiving a truly psychic, psychic reading, reading than someone who just gives me the traditional like just there's the the textbook definition of the cards or meaning of the cards or somebody who busts out the book that came with their deck you know um now having said that if you are learning if you were in the process of learning please absolutely refer to your deck of cards Mm -hmm. but before you get to a point where you are reading i want to say again at a professional level a somewhat professional level you better have a process down you better know your tools you better be ready to put that book away yeah. Uh, otherwise, you are just wasting everyone's time. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll get someone like me who shows up and goes, Oh, cool. Hashtag gatekeeping. Um, uh, oh, cool. I like that you're reading me with this deck. What's the name of it? What's the book? Cool. Here's a couple bucks for the couple minutes we just spent. I'm going to go buy that deck. Yeah, exactly, right? That's kind of, yeah, that's kind of how I felt after I finished that reading. I was like, I could have just gone and purchased this deck and the book that it came with. And I, I mean, I could just have flipped that card and read what was in the book myself. Yep. Like, I, I didn't need you to do this. I didn't need to waste the last half an hour, you know, uh, which which is what it felt like. It felt like I'd wasted a half an hour of my life. You know, it was like, well, there's 30 minutes I never will get back. Um, and I'm busy. Um, anyway, yeah. So <laughs> also, also good point. The thing. And again, something that kind of has a lot to do with, I think, ethics. The ethics of professional psychic work. I'm so excited to talk about that next week. Yeah, I'm, I, I think it'll be, it'll be a good uh, it'll be a good oh. chat. We have I think the week after that we're going to have another guest as well, and I think um, yeah we're going to talk about some other yeah we have some cool people lined up in the coming weeks. Um, anyway, 
let's let's switch gears because I think we've 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 beaten this uh, this to the point where we don't need to beat it any more. Okay. I get. Okay. I don't. I yeah. Anyway, um, what are we loving and hating about our community right now? I'll go first. Okay. Go ahead. Um, I'm I'm loving that I'm seeing less of what would be the word i'm loving that i'm seeing some of the misinformation and the dramas around misinformation that we were dealing with a few months ago i'm loving that we're seeing some of those things resurfacing okay let me clarify what i mean by that okay it's not the drama it's the information but what i guess what i'm loving is i'm loving that because okay and for example okay this is what i'm talking about okay in just the last couple of days i've seen some things filtering through the social media apps i've seen like i've even had a couple conversations with people here in the shop about like conversations like shadow work and misappropriation of culture and closed practices mm -hmm. you know and those are two topics that just even just a few months back were like huge hot button issues for a lot of people in the in all all aspects mm -hmm. of, the, of the spiritual community all, all all little corners of the spiritual community um and there was a lot, again a lot of misinformation going around at that point about those two things in particular, and um, you know, and a lot of it like died down, you know. And now I'm seeing like kind of like a fresh wave of debate around shadow work and closed practices, but I'm noticing now that there are more people that are stepping up that are actually like countering that, like they're like, no, we've already talked about this, and remember, this is kind of like kind of the consensus on this. This is good. This is bad. This is real. This isn't, you know, and now we're going to stop talking about this because now you've learned, now you've been told and those people are actually shutting up. And so I'm very happy to see that because I think that as experienced practitioners, people who are legit, who are really what they claim to be, I think we kind of have a responsibility to step up and actually shut those voices down because all they do is complicate everybody's work all they mm -hmm. do is derail the paths of so many people so i'm loving that um i'm hating that there still seems to be some confusion around what exactly constitutes or what exactly entitles someone to use the title high priest or high priestess uh, um i'm i'm seeing that I did an entire TikTok on that did you okay i think i think i, I may have seen that TikTok a couple of days back um yeah, I, I'm just I'm just amazed that that continues to be a topic of confusion for so many people. It's like you, you, no one, no one, you do not get to appoint yourself, uh, yourself a high priest or a high priestess of any tradition. That's not a real thing. That doesn't exist. Only someone else can do that for you. Mm -hmm. And usually that person would also have to be a high priest or a high priestess. Yes. And they also had to have someone else do that for them. You know, that is the the nature of spiritual practice. And it, it doesn't matter if you are a witch, a folk magician, you know, whatever kind of practitioner you want to call yourself, someone else has had to give you that position. That's that's just what it is. Thoughts, Austin? I know you have some. No, I 100% I, I agree with that. I... I have I, I struggle a lot when I no see, don't struggle when these things pop up, and I have people coming like, well I'm a high priestess, well I'm a high priest, well I'm a this, and I'm like cool your label doesn't mean donkey shit to me, 
donkey shit? That's very mean, specific. It doesn't mean donkey shit. Donkey? Yeah, I don't mm. I don't care. And the reason the reason why, here's the thing. You may be quote unquote a high priest in your mind. You're not mine. You're not my high priest or my high priestess. Well, also, I find a lot of those people, like, they're not really behaving in the way. No, they're not. That, like, a high priest or priestess would. They're not. Because that's responsibility. It's responsibility. You have to live in a certain way if you're going to do that. Responsibility. You have to live in a certain way. On top of that, you... Let's just briefly talk about what that means. Okay. So, a high priest or a high priestess is someone who embodies the tradition. They embody... And exemplify their tradition they are a high priest or high priestess of. Word. Therefore, if you're claiming to be a high priestess, a Wiccan high priestess, my first response is going to be, what tradition? If your response is eclectic, that's bullshit. Yeah. You cannot be an eclectic high priestess. Do you want to know why? Do you want to know why you can't? I want to know why. Because eclectic is not a Wiccan tradition. So you could be a Gardnerian high priestess, an Alexandrian high priestess, a fairy high priestess, a Saxon high priestess. You can have that title. Dianic. You can be a Dianic high priest or priestess. Well, I technically you can't priestess. because I'm a guy. You could technically be a Dianic Di- I thought that Dianic didn't didn't allow men to become elders. It it depends. Has that changed? Because there's 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 the turf Dianics, oh. which are horrible. Oh, Z Budapest and her crew. Yes, and then there's the real like original Dianics. Like if we're talking about like our goddess Diana, mm-hmm. with the the Wicca offshoot of that, where no you you can hold a position of power. You can hold an elevated position. Um, but you have to be, you're usually either gay or trans. Okay. Or non-binary. Or non-binary. Okay, cool. All right. Um, or bisexual or pansexual or whatever. Just, it cannot be a cis You have to be a member man. of the LGBTQ plus community. Yes, you just okay. cannot be gotcha. a cis het man. Okay. Um, so, so in order for you to be a high priest or high priestess, that tells me that there was an initiation that took place. Not an initiation by spirit. Not an initiation because your spirit guide popped up and was like, you're this now. Not an initiation because you had a dream that you were in fucking Mount Olympus and Zeus was like, yeah, you're a high priest of mine now. That's not an initiation. That's fantasy. What if I did like an exam in the back of a book? No. And I got every question right. No. Okay. That could preemptively prepare you for that. But in order for you to be a high priest or a high priestess, there is an initiation that takes place. Period. And that initiation is done by an initiate who's already been initiated. You're blowing my mind. And so... This also leaves us with the question, who initiated the first witch? Oh, yeah. It's like a chicken or egg kind of a situation. Exactly. And depending on the tradition is where you'll get that from. I'm going to say the chicken probably initiated the egg. Example. In Italian craft, Diana initiated the first witch. Because Diana descended from the stars to teach witchcraft. 
So therefore, the supreme goddess in that tradition did the first initiation. That does not mean that she's going to do that for you. She did that for one person, and now that means you have to go find an actual mortal vessel who will do it for you. Um, so yeah, that's grinding my gears. Okay. Um, right. well, uh, I know, I know, I know that, that that's always been kind of a particular hot topic for you, I think, because you're, some of your uh, past uh, witchcraft affiliations. Yes, it, it, and it is a hot button <laughs> topic, because the thing is, is I, you, and other individuals in our, in our close-knit family who have initiations of this sort, worked our asses off. We have, well, but this isn't an issue. This isn't about us. Like, th this is a community issue. It's, it's a community I, I, issue, but let me, let me finish. Individuals who hold that title have worked really hard. Yeah. They have worked really hard. They live their craft, and it's not just every other Tuesday. They have, they have studied. They have, they have done the work. And so when little 17-year-old Molly Shannon Elizabeth... If there's a Molly Shannon Elizabeth who's listening, this is not directed at you. This is just random names I'm pulling out. Um, shows up and is like, <laughs> I'm a priestess of the goddess Hecate, but also the goddess Freya, but also the goddess blah, blah, blah. That's really irritating. It's offensive. Because it's like, really? What'd you do to earn that? Oh, they just told me. And it's just, it's, it's so, it's so, it, 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 it's most definitely an ego thing, <laughs> but it's also like, it makes you want to put your slapping glove on. It does. It chaps my ass is what it does. It chaps your ass. Oh it my God. It chaps my ass. Here, here's some chapstick. Um, <clears throat> so that's one of the things that I'm disliking about the community. Okay, so you would agree on that one. What are you loving about the community? That's that's what you're not liking. What what are you what are you liking about our community right now? There must be some positive, right? I know we always seem to struggle with the positive. It's because we both tend to be pessimists. I I am enjoying very much similar to what you were saying, where there are some voices that are popping up that are trying to correct. And like, no, no, we've already had this conversation. Let's die down. Like, let's stop that, you know. Um, but another another thing that I'm seeing is um, the longing to learn. Yeah, yeah, I'm, well, yeah. I am loving that there are individuals, however old, young or new, or experienced, who are wanting to learn. And I actually had this conversation with uh, a friend and mentor of mine where I was just, you know, talking to them and, I'm, and it kind of turned into like a one-on-one -on -one class kind of thing. And their response to me was like, why do you continue to do this? You, you already know everything I'm going to tell you. You already know what you're doing. And my response was, there's always something new to learn. Mm -hmm. I never stop learning mm -hmm. because if I stop learning, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die. I, uh, well, I mean, I mean, not literally, right? Not literally. Okay. Maybe. Right. We can help. Um, should, we, should we put it to the test? Maybe. Okay. Um, so, so that's what I'm really enjoying, is I'm enjoying that there are individuals who are wanting to learn and wanting to grow, and I think this, the biggest thing that I'm noticing that's stopping them from doing it is that they don't know where to go or what to do. Okay. And they're being met with... Um, 
the social media demon, essentially, where mm. it just kind of pops up and I was like, no, you can't do this, 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 can't do this. Yeah. And it's like, well, then what the fuck? What, what, what can I do? Yeah. That's, that's the danger of misinformation um, and why I, I think I, you, well, you and I both, why we get so angry um, mm. when we see things like that being passed around the community and being accepted as truth because there, there are people out there that for whatever reason are creating this information yep. and passing this off and they don't realize that in doing that they are so negatively impacting the spirituality of others. You know, people who do that, basically, I'm like, you may as well go and become, like, a Catholic priest. Yep. Because you are doing things, making decisions, and limiting the spiritual evolution of the people around you. And if you want to do that, go and become part of the church. Mm -hmm. That's what they're very good at. You go know, and they, become they, a part of the they, church. They or, do that very well. Or go, um, or go <clears> become a light worker or yeah. something. Stop it by the therapist office on the way. Because if you're doing that, chances are you probably have some emotional health issues you and need to work serious through. serious religious trauma. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Funny story. Oh, is it? The, I'll be the judge of we'll, that. We'll wrap this up, uh, I guess. But funny, funny story of what happened this week. So I teach a class called Fairy Magic. And I taught this class this week at the shop. And without fail, I always get, I always get a little fluffy bunny light worker. Well, they enjoy fairies. What they, I'm so sorry. They, think, they enjoy what they think fairies are. Yes. And so I start off, I always start my class off, the fairy class, with, okay, what do you think fairies are? Give me your experience. Tinkerbell. And without fail, they're beings of light who are here to assist us in our spiritual ascension and healing. Almost verbatim. Hmm. And I had to look this person in the eye and say, that's bullshit word and so as we went through this class um a, a whole myriad of Mi myriad 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 yes, myriad i was, like, myriad. I was thinking of the <clears throat> spelling it's just like when i think of the spelling of epitome i think epitome epitome um but they dropped a name they dropped doreen virtue's name Ugh, i am so sick of that woman and i was like so, you know that Doreen Virtue's profiting off of people still, even though she's a Christian. She's still profiting off of all her other shit. Oh, yeah. Right? I'm sure she's still getting royalties for all the yeah. decks she still sells. And yeah. and this individual kept getting more and more visibly upset and frustrated that I wouldn't relent. Then proceeded to tell me about how, well, Lord of the Rings are elves and fairies. And I honestly... <laughs> I. I honestly had to stop, and you could tell just everyone in the class. There was just this silence, and I, I'm sure if, if I'm sure we have some listeners who were in that class actually, there there was just this like Austin Austin's gonna Austin's gonna kill this person. Austin is going to Austin's gonna blow up. Austin's going to eviscerate this person, and I looked at this person with a with my eyebrow raised, and I went. So Lord of the Rings is fantasy, not spirituality. Mm -hmm. To which the response was, well, it was rough for him. And I went, J.R. Tolkien's a Christian. He was. Yeah. He was a Christian. And the elves are anecdotes for XYZ. Mm -hmm. And they got 
even more visibly upset. So for those of you out there who are basing your, who, who, who base your craft practice on Dungeons and Dragons and Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter, I'm just going to say this. If that's where you base, if that's where you pull some sort of truth from, good for you. Don't come to a witch class and try and bring that up as fact. Because chances are the individual teaching that class is going to look at you like... Yeah, I think I think it's safe to say that if you're basing any of your spiritual practice off of some sort of fandom, you need to keep that shit to yourself. Like, so... So that's one thing. I that didn't really up like I was so I was baffled. Hmm? I was I was baffled that there I never thought there were people like that. Oh god, yeah. Yeah, I Like I, I hear about them on the internet. Mm -hmm. I see them. Yep. But I've never had an actual interaction with someone like that. Yeah. And I was like Yeah. Well, so I've now developed the term play again. Uh yeah, well, in essence that's what they were. They are they are they are they are a plagan. They're they're playing at being pagan. And so, just just fun little story for any of those out there who who know me and know the sass and the fire that is behind me. I'm just like the the fact that I didn't set this woman on fire. Well, thank you my for brain. thank you for not setting anyone. Else. Oh, thank you for not burning anyone else to death. Oh. We, we, we don't need any more. We don't need any more insurance disputes. Um, all right, I did it. Well, on that happy note. Um, let's let's call this an episode. Okay. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you. Um, we hope that some of the information that we talked about earlier in the episode uh, is of benefit to you. Um, as always, we encourage our listeners to contact us. Let us know if you have questions or uh, even topics for uh, or suggestions for future topics. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, we want to make sure that we continue to give you what you need to help you to grow and learn. Oh, crap. There's something I want um, to ask on the podcast. N another podcast. Another time. Okay. All right. Ne next time. Um, do tune in next week. We will be, um, we will have a guest next week. I'm not going to tell you who it is, but we will, we will have a, a guest that we're very excited to talk to uh, on next week's episode. And, uh, we will be discussing uh, a variety of, of, uh, again, more information about psychic, particularly working professionally as a psychic. Um, I know we've talked about that in the past, but we're going to kind of get someone else's perspective on that. Well, we talked um, about working professionally as like a witch. Um, yeah, that's true. But we kind of touched upon psychic stuff yeah. there too. Anyway, so we will be discussing that. We're also going to be, um, the, the focus of the next episode will actually be the tarot um, and working uh, in the capacity of a psychic with that particular tool. Um, so it should be some some really good info, particularly for those of you maybe who are looking to to learn or are studying the tarot. So anyway, um, we're going to sign off. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good evening or day or whatever time it is. Yes. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay witchy.